What is going on, you bafflingly bourgeois buffaloes? Welcome to episode 16 of Total Pod Mode. My name is James, also known as Mr. Bames, and I'm joined as always by the wondrous Will, also known as Ooh, Funk. Wondrous, eh? I like it. Well, I've said wonderful twice now. I yeah. Know if I can use that again. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Wondrous Will sounds way better yeah. than wonderful. The tenth wonder of the Makes world. Makes me sound much more mysterious, mystical, perhaps. Hey, these are all ideas I can use for a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> And on the subject of repetition, I'm, I think I'm getting dangerously close with these alliterations, man. I'm pretty sure I've already used one twice. Mm, the, is the bank getting dry already? <laughs> well, I think I've, well, I've used the same letter twice, certainly. I've definitely done D twice, I think. Okay, okay. Well, Might yeah. not have repeated an animal yet. Eagerly we'll listeners may already know that, but uh, that one's yeah. definitely slipped me by. <laughs> yeah. Leave us a comment if you can call me out on anything I've repeated. <laughs> Oh we'll send you a box of dildos if you guess the right answer. Oh, dildos. Yeah. Nice. Um, and we can chuck in some pocket pussies there for the guys as well. Yeah. Fun story. I used to have a spanking monkey. A spanking monkey? Probably given it as a birthday present when I was like 17. I don't even know what that is. What is a spanking monkey? Oh, right. <laughs> is, it a, is it a pocket pussy? Is that what... Uh... It's kind of, so what it kind of is, is it's like it looks kind of like a table tennis bat, right? Right. Oh, no, it already sounds... Oh my god, it's like ergonomic jerking off. That's amazing. Yeah. The angle is wow, okay. I'm gonna be So you hold it like a little bit of research. You can't see this, but you 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 hold it like that. It's got like a hole in the middle and yeah. That's insane. It looks so it's like a a fing Dyson hairdryer for your dick. Kind of, yeah. (laughs) Kind of. If if you want. (laughs) But it but it but it's sort of it's tight round your dick as opposed to you putting it in a hole that would then blow it. (laughs) Okay, okay. Well off to a spicy start there. (laughs) I don't know if we're ever using any of this no probably not but i'll thank myself for sharing (laughs) well before i give too much more of myself away let's move on to the socials you can as always find the podcast on spotify apple podcasts pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from really just search for total pod mode and you're sure to find us we also post regular video content of our playthrough stream highlights as well as the podcast on our youtube channel total pod mode you can also find us on Twitter by searching for at Total Pop Mode, all one word. And whilst you're there, you can find me at Mr. Bames, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Bames underscore TPM. And you can find me at Hoodafunk on Twitter, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Hoodafunk. And now that that's all said and done, let's have a little catch up, man. So, Will, talk to me. What have you been up to this week, man? So, this week, James, listeners and yourself probably won't be surprised to hear that I've actually been playing a little bit more Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, No! Never! (laughs) I won't bore people too much with the details, but I've been kind of exploring the fact that each of the weapons that you've got in the game essentially have a a family tree of progression into various different kinds. So, I think due to licensing issues, they haven't sort of called the weapons what they're called in reality. But essentially, you will get like an AK-47 and then you can develop that into an equivalent of the AK-74U which is kind of the more submachine gun faster firing variant and then you can also develop it into the heavier round slower firing RPK variant. So essentially you can't get the RPK in the LMG class until you've leveled up the AK a little bit and I've been exploring which guns do that and uh, I do actually have my sights set on the Orion skin I believe it's called and it's essentially the hardest skin to unlock in the game because it requires you to unlock four special skins for 51 other weapons in the game. So there's a hell of a lot of grinding involved in it. It's definitely going to keep me busy unlocking that, but when I do get it, uh, I'll be very pleased in uh, my sad little corner of existence that I uh, reside in while I'm playing Call of Duty. Sounds pretty happy to me. I mean, you've been playing the game for, what, five or six weeks now? Since it came out, basically? Yeah, I mean, I'm very much consistently playing it and and enjoying myself uh, and, you know, continuing to unlock things. Uh, As I say, I've been progressing through the classes there. So, yeah, it's it's, it's an enjoyable time thing. And I can kind of switch off my mind and just lick a bunch of people with my Glack. So, you know, that's that's all all you need sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you just need to switch off and Glack some fools with your Glick. So I won't uh, bore people with uh, a fifth week of too much Call of Duty talk, and I'll get into another game that I've been playing this week. Ooh, another game? Mmm. So after playing last week's games, I suddenly had a weird hankering to actually sit down and play my Switch. So I actually picked up Stardew Valley this week and uh, started once again my third attempt at a successful farm. I've been enjoying sort of immersing myself in the world and kind of really investing in the game. For those who weren't aware, uh, so Stardew Valley is a game developed by a guy called Eric Barone. 
Theron, also goes by the alias Concerned Ape. He started work on Stardew Valley back in 2012 and then released it in 2016 and it's obviously since been followed by various updates and additional patches and things like that with additional content and areas. Not just a farming sim though, is it, Will? No, not at all. Your farm is actually located on the outskirts of a small town, uh, which is pretty self-sustaining. It's inhabited by, I think, roughly about 28 people or something that you need to meet. I think a few more people turn up during the course of the game as well, but those are your sort of main inhabitants. Each of them have their own sort of unique dialogue and different quest lines that you can do with them. But essentially you have a a kind of a, a hearts meter and you need to fill that up with people to make them like you more and that will unlock later quests for them. You can even find yourself a spouse in the game through one of the single people in the game. Uh, yeah, so there's various social aspects to it. There's also a mining system. So you can go down into some caves and it's sort of like, it seems to be randomly generated cave and you'll progress down the levels and it will get harder and harder and produce more valuable minerals and things for you to mine. Yeah, essentially becomes like a dungeon crawler. Almost. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, pretty much at that point, which has been, you know, quite satisfying. There's also kind of a fairly simple fishing mechanic in the game, but, you know, you can imagine that people are getting quite involved with that because much like something like Monster Hunter, there is a kind of, they will tell you the weight and the size of the fish and you can find your next biggest catch or your newest small size yeah, yeah. and things like that. So there's a kind of a bit of a, you're building an encyclopedia on stuff as well. Bit of everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That said, this is kind of, I guess I would still term this as primarily a farming simulator. It does seem that a lot of the crafting mechanics and things in the game are all based around improving efficiency in your farm. I'm currently growing a nice big batch of parsnips, uh, starting nice. off very basic. I've been going down to do a little bit of mining to find some ore because you need to find metal ore to put in your furnace, very similar to Minecraft, so that you can then craft bars of steel and copper and things like that. And you need to use those things to build various farming implements like watering hoses. There is a hell of a lot of things going on in this game and it's just immensely impressive that this guy managed to pull this off in the space of four years. Also, I don't uh, I don't doubt that I'm experiencing a lot of content that has also been since added to the game. It's still very impressive that this was pulled off by one person. I was doing a bit of reading on this earlier and it sounds like he was actually working 12 hour days, seven days a week for that entire four years i can believe it yeah i'm sure it was worth it i hope it was worth it for him yeah it's a very affordable game as well it's very, not a highly priced game it's kind of priced as you would expect a sort of indie game to be priced at but the amount of love into this game you could absolutely imagine that uh, it would demand a sort of a, a higher price something more similar to sort of a modern day minecraft or terraria purchase or something like that yeah yeah looks great as well looks wonderful yeah i am comparing it to sort of games like minecraft and terraria but the same time it does have absolutely its own personality as i mentioned the social aspect and meeting the people in the town and doing various little quests for them and supplying them with sort of vegetables and things like that yeah it has a very animal crossing vibe to it and i think that the creator eric barone or, or concerned ape he kind of cites his main influence as the harvest moon series for these things which again is a is a very similar kind of game in terms of gameplay mechanics so as I mentioned, there's sort of various citizens that you speak to throughout the game. You tend to, with your garden supplies, you can either sort of share them out with the people, you can stick them into a trunk in your farm, and some old dude will come along and take them and sell them and give you some money, which seems to be okay. But you can also take them into sort of the local town independent grocery slash everything store, uh, and you meet a guy Pierre there who you will sell your veg to. I've got to say, I'm starting to get pretty fed up with this guy because I am so certain that he is upselling my veg at an extremely high rate compared to what I'm selling it to and I just feel like actually I'm kind of supporting a guy that's just as bad as uh, there's also a, a kind of a supermarket company that's coming into the town called the Joja Corporation uh, you know I think one of the main products they sell is Joja Cola so it becomes very obvious what sort of comparisons they're making I think Pierre's just as bad I gotta say f Pierre Wow. I'm tired of his shit. I'm tired of him taking my stuff, upselling it. And you know what? That f is When probably... you say taking, I mean, you well, do sell I it I am him. selling it to him, but he is extremely marking it up after that. And I reckon he's also actually saying that he's getting it not from me. I reckon he's saying that he's producing that shit himself. Uh, welcome to capitalism, baby. Yeah. See, Pierre is a f one. I'm going to keep my eye on him during the campaign because I don't trust him already. Yeah, secretly the final boss. <laughs> Spoilers.
I don't think that there is... Well, uh, you know, I would love to find out that there were bosses if I find myself deeper in the dungeon. Uh, you know, I feel like I've very much skimmed the surface of this game. We're still sitting... I think I'm just about to go into autumn. Your first autumn? Yeah, my first autumn. Oh, yeah, you first played year. nothing. So, right? yeah. I know that there's lots to come. I've been kind of really making sure that I long the days out as much as possible, walking around if I do have some spare time. I don't just go to bed early in the p.m., just to kind of speed on the next day and get my crops. I'm kind of really focusing on using every hour of every day to try and do some sort of interaction with someone, go fishing, go mining, do a bit of farming, whatever. Yeah. Just watch out for that energy bar. Watch out for that energy bar. Watch out for fucking Pierre, mate. F the energy bar. Watch out for Pierre. Yeah. Sounds like a wrong end. He's the Tom Nook of that game. Um, but basically, I'm taking kind of every opportunity to f with him now. Uh, whenever he's not on his days off, I just give him like random pieces of shit, like rocks and bits of clay and stuff like that. Nice. And uh, I treat Linus like a goddamn king. He gets all my gold vegetables. Little guy out in the woods that just lives on his own. I uh, I always come to him with like a, a lovely gold star parsnip or something so he can munch down on that. Yeah, I did catch him rummaging through people's bins in the middle of the night, so that yeah. wasn't so good. But, you know, I feel like I made the right decision. I didn't grass him up. I just said that it was raccoons or something. Right? Yeah, yeah. It was. You should have said it was Pierre. If only the game provided me with that option. I would absolutely yeah. love to pin everything on Pierre. Just become yeah. a cat burglar and then just blame it on Pierre. Like, leave his business card as if it was his yeah. calling card. Oh my card. god, someone killed my son. Yeah, that would be Pierre. Don't look for prints, though. <laughs> Don't look for prints on the business card. Just look at the business card. Yeah, and it's just, like, really sloppily written, Pierre. <laughs> Not even a surname, just Pierre. <laughs> So as I say, I've only really just dipped my toes into this game. There is plenty to come. It sounds like you know a bit more about this game than I do, so I'm looking forward Potentially, to... Potentially, so I won't say too much more. <laughs> looking forward to hearing how you get on, man, and uh, seeing who you marry. Oh, God, I don't know if I'll do that. I, I, well, I mean, I think if I will do it, I'll probably be the town slut. I wonder if there's a sort of a quest line associated with sleeping with too many people maybe but i mean i think that if that is possible then that's what i will push you i will try and sleep with every citizen of the town so man that's me for the catch-up have you managed to squeeze in any game time this week outside of your challenge i have not so this is oh. a nice and quick okay. and easy update <laughs> this week has been stressful slash crazy for a number of reasons um so i have played pretty much nothing oh right, okay challenge included <laughs> Fun to, uh, we'll get to it. We'll Fun get times. to it, okay. <laughs> yeah. So on that rather underwhelming note, let's mosey on over to News Corner. So our first news story this week, launch issues, but not Pokemon this time. The Kalisto Protocol, Dead Space 4. As some people Dead are calling Space it. Reincarnate. Many people have been very excited for this game, I believe yourself included, as a survival horror aficionado. I would say, yeah, I would term it more like excited within reason sort of yeah. thing. It's a game that I was looking forward to playing, had no intention of sort of pre-ordering or picking up on a day one basis or anything like that. No. But certainly, as you know, I'm a big fan of the Dead Space series, so, I, you know, this was certainly a game that I had eyes on. Yeah, and... It saddens me to say that you probably want to wait, particularly if you're intent to playing it on PC, because many gamers have stated that the PC performance is so poor that it renders the game almost unplayable. I was reading some of this news myself earlier today, and people boasting about their 30 and 40 series graphics cards still stuttering on this game, and the fact that they were having to put yeah. settings down to medium and turning off a whole bunch of other things, and also something to do with the DirectX 12. Apparently, switching that back to 11, is one solution that some people have found. Also, apparently the Denuvo uh, anti-piracy software has also been implemented in this game, which a lot of people were worried about because there have been sort of several instances in the past of that anti-piracy software impacting performance of games. Yeah. So, perfect storm, it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. Well, funny enough, I had actually read about a little bit about that Denuvo stuff and I saw someone defending it, saying, guys, it's not the Denuvo, it's everything else around it. And this is, I mean, It I could well be, who it. knows, but yeah, you know, it doesn't help, does it? When there's a precedence for it affecting performance of games before, it's certainly not going to help a game that's already struggling with performance, if that is the case. Yeah, and it's particularly damning given that we reported a couple of weeks ago now, probably, maybe even last week, I forget, that this game was coming under a lot of flack for uh, potentially hiding things behind a paywall in terms of animations and things like that mm. for new content. So couple that in with this now, and people, they ain't happy. Yeah, unsurprisingly,
advisedly and uh, and you know and deservedly uh, people aren't happy with this. I also found out earlier today that New Game Plus won't be a launch feature of this game, nor is it intended to be a free patched feature later on. New Game Plus will be included as a DLC update. We did get a little bit into this before the podcast, but yeah. I think that you know that I'm minded that that's just an absolutely shocking decision for a modern day survival slash action horror game to not include yeah. a New Game Plus in there, especially seeing as it's very heavily pitched towards, as was Dead Space, upgrading your weapons. Very poor decision here on that part. No, I totally agree. And similar to what we were sort of saying, as you mentioned, we've previously spoken about this a little bit. I've no problem with it not releasing with New Game Plus because that happens quite a lot. I think God of War, it happened with, and I know more recently, Steel Rising came out without New Game Plus. Mm, mm. But both those games patched it in for free when it was ready. You didn't have to pay for it. I mean, that just to me feels like the benchmark. That should be the the normal yeah. choice for that sort of thing. Restricting a feature that should be in a game from the beginning is just an obvious line that you shouldn't cross exactly it's not ideal that it doesn't come out on at launch but we understand that the process can sometimes be more complicated than we're aware things take time things might need more testing if it then comes out for free later on no one minds because it shows that you've taken your time and implemented it properly putting it behind a paywall though is just outrageous so i hope that ends up not being true or they backtrack it but not a good look do you think that they anticipated any pushback on that decision there because it seems wild to me that they wouldn't consider during the likely fan base and demographic for this kind of game. It seems crazy to me that they assumed they'd get away with it without anyone saying anything. Yeah. Maybe they thought that in today's gaming world, people would just suck it up like they do with microtransactions and various other things like that, where you sort of think that should be a feature that should be included straight away, but it's actually then DLC. So maybe they're chancing their arm. I mean, I don't know enough about the studio to know if they've done things like this in the past, maybe. But to me, it just it just seems like a massive own goal. And I don't really know why they'd even chance it. You know, I think it was uh, Glenn Schofield, the, uh, the director of the Dead Space series, was obviously leading the helm of this game as well and it's just surprising to me that uh, decisions like that would have probably either got by him or would have made by him like that and that said the more and more I see of this game uh, you know it does look like it's a, a good looking game despite the fact that a lot of the imagery you're going to see is, is pretty horrific uh, it's clearly going for the kind of more gore more better sort of thing there's uh, <laughs> certainly a very very bloody game what's up evil within how you doing yeah yeah it kind of it has has definitely bits of that in it but then also kind of the melee combat to me looked somewhat similar to the dodging mechanics for last of us uh, right. although perhaps a little bit more developed but you kind of get locked into the fight once you're in that fight you're then fighting that one thing and early indications that i've seen of the game is that actually that's not always the best because you're often fighting multiple monsters at a time and when you're in that melee mode another monster can just come in and uh they don't do that kind of typical video game thing where they all kind of just stop doing shit around you when you're actually in the middle of a fight with something which is obviously <laughs> quite jarring to see as well especially when it's noticeable I'm interested to see how the melee combat balances out between fighting multiple enemies and how good that is versus being able to actually see what the hell's going on around you. You know, there's no Atreus saying, oh, they're behind you or whatever yeah, like yeah. that. You're on your own, it seems. This game probably wasn't one I was going to pick up, but this is now really hitting that home. Seems we just have yet another release that appears unfinished or lacking in polish, which uh, is obviously a shame and a bad thing, but unfortunately doesn't surprise me at all yeah it's uh depressingly it seems to be the norm for these sorts of releases to happen now and yeah. i don't really have anything else much more to say on it than that i do hope right. that they are able to sort of rectify the performance issues on pc you know i'm sure that they will in all honesty i mean just based on various bits of news about this game now i'm finding myself definitely i'm going to be the category of people that's going to wait for this to go on sale as a game of the year edition for like 20 quid yeah. i think that's going to be the way i play this so moving on to hopefully something a little bit more positive, a new release, kinda. Monster Hunter Rise is coming to consoles. Specifically, talking Xbox and PlayStation. It has been announced that uh, it will be available from the 20th of January 2023, so not long to wait if you're interested in picking that up. And it will be included in both Xbox and PC Games Pass um, as a result of its deal with Microsoft, obviously already available on PC. Mm, mm. And 
apparently it's going to be priced in line with the current Switch and PC offerings. Um, so you can get the normal version. I think it's thirty nine ninety nine. You can pick up a deluxe version for forty nine ninety nine. Presumably Sunbreak's going to be there too. Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Good times if people were looking to pick up Monster Hunter Rise but only had an Xbox or a PlayStation. Yeah, I gotta say, uh, I wish this was news of like a big upgrade to Monster Hunter Rise coming for the consoles. Yeah. I think that it's you know it was one of those things. It was inevitable that it was going to make its way to the consoles once it had found its way onto the PC. Uh, you know, I, I think that this was kind of one of them things where it perhaps happened a little earlier than I thought in terms of the sort of limitations that they applied to this game in comparison to World to get it to run on the Switch. I think that it would have dated itself very quickly in comparison to Monster Hunter World within sort of a year or two sort of thing. So yeah, get out on these consoles now while people are willing to uh, kind of play a Switch game on a PlayStation 5, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and you're absolutely correct. I think within a year or two, it will be out of date, mm. especially mm. if it's presumably it's going to be the same as the PC version, which I own. Yeah, it might be up-pressed slightly, but you can still tell it's a Switch game. So let's see what they do with it. I'm I'm personally hoping that they can rise pretty quickly and move on to World Two. I would love to see a World Two. Yeah, that'd be amazing because that would be freaking awesome. But yeah, we'll see. It's it's an interesting. One. Is this sort of additional release coupled with the fact that you have now finished Monster Hunter and Monster Hunter World Iceborne? Is this going to tempt you into buying Rise? Do you think? Is this enough of a needle mover, or is it similar again? You're going to wait and see if you can maybe get it for a tenner. Or something on sale. It certainly put Monster Hunter Rise on my radar again because I was intending on picking it up. As I mentioned, I was playing my Switch earlier this week and Rise is another title that I have on the Switch. I, I have it exclusively on the Switch. I didn't bother to pick up the PC release. So it certainly hasn't pushed me any further towards picking up Rise on the PC. I think the greatest likelihood is that I will complete Rise on my Switch at some point and then I'll probably make a more informed decision as to whether I want to get it onto the PC. But I think that although you did say that I've completed World and Iceborne. There is so much endgame content and other oh, yeah. bosses and all sorts of different monsters that I haven't actually gone on to hunt yet. So ultimately, I think that I will much likely continue with my Monster Hunter World and take the endgame more seriously as opposed to going back and playing Rise and sort of spending loads of time in the endgame for that. Very wise. Very wise indeed. But it is good news on the whole. More people are going to now have the opportunity to play Rise that were previously stuck behind the Switch and PC exclusivity so it's only a good thing that this is coming to consoles particularly the fact that the pricing is all going to be in line with the current offerings well i hopefully our third news story will be slightly more exciting for you hideo kojima has apparently teased death stranding 2 ah Okay, well, this is much more in the vein of news that I wanted to hear. So I was aware of some rumours earlier this week that the series' main protagonist, Norman Reedus, had actually said in an interview that they were working on the second one, that they'd just started yeah. working on the second one. So that's obviously fantastic news. Honestly, in my head, it's always one of those things where I take the news of a sequel with a pinch of salt. That game, for me, was certainly a game that could have finished at the point that that game finished. It's interesting to see that they have stuck with Sam Bridges, who's played uh, by Norman Reedus and to me I'm just wondering how that storyline is going to work what are we going to see here are we going into sort of a now fully connected America when is the next apocalypse scenario going to happen sort of thing there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to go on here following the uh, the events of the first game well and it's funny you say that because speculation is rife oh of course it is <laughs> yeah that you may be seeing Sam potentially going out to sea somehow. So it was rumoured that this title was called something like Project, it was codenamed Project Ocean, so that would so there's that. heavily suggest that. There's that, and also, in very typical Kojima fashion, he's released a tweet that's very cryptic. It just says, start of a new journey, and then there's a picture below of three symbols. I don't know from looking at them what any of them are, but one of them is like a big old giant octopus squiddy thing. Okay. So people have speculated that, and I'm sure this is probably very tongue-in-cheek, but they've speculated that Sam might be taking on Krakens. And... Okay, all right. It would it would fit the theme of Death Stranding, because there's a, a bunch of sort of marine creatures. One of the main sort of plot lines of that game is that everything connects back to a place called the beach which is like a kind of a yeah. paranormal realm that's unique to everyone so exactly. uh you know it fits the theme it certainly fits the theme so he's going out to the ocean from the beach to the ocean 
Ah. Apparently so, and that could well be Kojima bollocks for something else. Yep. And what I mean by that, of course, is that it's a metaphor. Kojima has a lot of references to Movi Dick in his work. Well, to be honest, man, it's Kojima. Anything can f- happen with this guy. But no, so very much a speculative piece at the moment. Obviously, anything with Kojima is always very speculative. We don't know what's inside his head. We don't know what he's thinking. It's all by design. He wants people to speculate. That's why everything is so f- cryptic. Exactly, man. I mean, he just wants people like us to be talking on platforms like this like <laughs> yeah. we are now so we're giving him what he wants hopefully he gives us what we want yeah and really by we i mean you yeah because you're the kojima fan <laughs> hey and I've, I've got you know no doubt that they will uh you know i have absolute faith that uh, whatever he's working on i'm going to find unique and interesting and it's gonna chuck some new shit at me that i haven't seen before and uh yeah i'm looking forward to uh getting my hands on or getting a look on uh some point soon hopefully yeah, no, absolutely. And so really to tie a bow in this, the only thing that also adds a little bit of credence to this rumour potentially is that uh, Jeff Keighley responded to the news of this potential Death Stranding 2's release with a gif that reads, hmm, very interesting. Ooh, woo, Kojima. Winky face, <laughs> winky face. Well, I know they're boys, aren't they? Yeah. So. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess watch this space. Fun for us to talk about and speculate in the uh, months and years to come, probably. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully we get a glimpse of the upcoming Video Game Awards. So I think that just about covers the news for this week. So why don't we go and have a little chat about the... A Games Challenge! So James, uh, this is a game that I was very much looking forward to challenging you with. This game for me was a kind of a genre-defining game which introduced me to the stealth action genre and I've played and I must have completed sort of unknown amount of times but easily in the sort of 20, 30 amount of times. I have an absolute blast with this and uh, it's a game that I'm very passionate about as you're well aware. Uh, Mm -hmm. So uh, be gentle. (laughs) Don't you trash about this game you motherfucker <laughs> no but i'm so i'm, I'm really uh, really looking forward to hearing how you found it and i feel that this may be you know could potentially be the first game given the age of this game and some of the mechanics you know i'm fully aware that i enjoy this game through familiarity and love of the storyline and art direction and things like that over many of the gameplay flaws so i think that this is going to be an interesting one to hear what you've got to say so this is kind of the exact moment i was dreading you did the whole big intro bigging up how much you love this oh, no. game and, and being like this oh bad. man yeah genre defining what is happening <laughs> he's throwing out the buzzwords oh no so and then this is exactly where i was worried about kicking off because i worry that this conversation could spell the end of our friendship unfortunately <laughs> oh so i'm kind of glad that you mentioned Go a couple on, of things then. at the end there <laughs> but actually a lot of the things you might think i'm gonna say weren't the issue right right okay so okay i will start off by reiterating something i've already said in this podcast at the top of the show which is that due to events outside of my control i haven't had as much time to play games as i would have liked this week right your mum died or something uh some something like that you know nothing too important but just something like that i'm of course joking i said i'm sorry mama so i'll start off with the first part of the game because it's kind of key to a lot of this but isn't the reason things turned out the way they were so this game starts off literally by chucking you in and doesn't tell you anything right yep (laughs) yeah pretty much it's a game from the late 90s playstation one as you mentioned last week i believe it's very much a this game expects you to read the manual before you get started to sort of learn what's going on you first thing you do is you crouch under a a little um, pipe thing and you walk around a corner and there's two guys that you have to hide from sneak around and wait for a lift to turn up first time i went in there i i got spotted straight away because i didn't know what i was doing chucked a guy on the floor when i was trying to choke it it was an absolute mess (laughs) so what i ended up doing at your advice was i went into the vr missions to do a little bit of training first yes vr missions being basically free training you get a set of objectives that you need to do and you can sort of f- around i didn't realize that you could f- around so i was just doing them as missions and it taught me absolutely nothing right okay didn't yeah. tell me any buttons to press no. it, didn't, it tells you what to do roughly but it doesn't tell you any buttons to press which is my main issue so thinking about it actually uh and this is something that obviously you wouldn't have known and i <laughs> i guess it kind of follows the dark souls school of thought there where actually if you check your weapon and item descriptions by holding the inventory yeah. open it does actually tell you the controls in there but again good yeah, luck which figuring I 
that out. Yeah. yeah. Good luck yeah. figuring that out within the first five minutes of picking it up. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I did these VR missions. It did get me a little bit more used to the controls and things like that. So it was it was useful, mm. but wasn't really what I needed, right? Right. But that's fine. I, I persevered. I cracked on. Eventually sort of worked out what I was doing. From speaking to you, I got the timings of a few things down. Like, for example, when I, when I was judo throwing people, it's because I was still moving towards them as I pressed the button. Whereas if you stop and then press the button, you'll get behind them and choke them out. Yeah. So so I eventually got that timing down relatively well and was, you know, able to continue in that vein. So I, I get through that. And one thing I should say about this game, which was excellent, was the fact that it was very much treated like a movie, which is fairly commonplace in games these days. I'm looking at you, Red Dead 2. Yeah. yeah. Looking at you, God of War. I was very impressed for a late 90s game how it was able to do that. I particularly enjoyed how when a character came up, it had their actor's name in brackets underneath. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, Kojima's vision for this game and the cinematography used in it was certainly something that really latched me onto the game from a young age. And again set it apart from many peers that were similar to it and for its time i give it huge props for that because it was excellently done and i've got to say i quite like the graphics so like the graphics are actually all right because i remember seeing the ps1 graphics when i watched my friend play this game when i was younger and thinking damn that looks amazing because we we didn't have what we had to do what we <laughs> yeah, had today back yeah, then. yeah so i was used to playing conquers bad fur day and stuff like that which looks great but it's very polygonal right and then metal gear comes in still polygonal as f- but it did actually look really good and even though the eyes don't really have details and it, yeah, the faces they, are all the same color just don't stuff, have eyes they just have like yeah. shading where their eyes should be <laughs> but it worked i, I kind of saw it as an art style kind of thing almost. yeah, it, yeah. It, it, I, it worked i had no problem with that at all there's some anime inspiration going on there for sure as well there's a combination of anime and uh, and realism there. And I think they did a very admirable job for the technology of the day, I've got to say. But no, so then I got to sort of the first area after you do, because the, the bit I've mentioned there where you have to sneak past two guys and wait for a lift is, is the tutorial section, if you like. It's not really a tutorial, but it's the opening of the game. You get a nice little credits bit as you're going up the lift. Very cool stuff. A snake casts aside his scuba gear. Exactly. But then you sort of get into the main game proper. You, you have a fairly lengthy codec call, which sort of sets the scene if I remember correctly. A very cringe codec conversation with Mei Ling, who is the kind of yeah. the game's operator slash game save assistant. I can't believe I'm being hit on by the famous solid snake. Yes, and also is it Nancy, the other one? Nancy, Naomi. That, the, <laughs> Naomi, there you go. That was yeah. pretty cringe as well, some of that. Well, if you make it back in one piece, maybe I'll let you do a strip search on me. I'll hold you to that, Doctor. I've got to say, a lot of the codec calls were pretty cringe, if I'm being honest with you, but it was it was cringe in a sort of relatively endearing way, so I was okay with it. I think it's meant to kind of, like, there's a certain level of cheese there. It's very 80s action hero meets yeah. James Bond kind of thing going on. I was going to say, I've got massive James Bond vibes, particularly yeah. <laughs> Roger Moore's James Bond. Yeah, yeah. Could there have been less codec calls, though? Probably. Kind of interrupted quite a lot, uh, even though most of them you can ignore. Yeah, it yeah, was still. It was quite intrusive. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, I hasten to add, because I thought my memory of it from watching my friend was codec call every couple of seconds. So once you've risen up the elevator, your next objective is to sort of sneak into the hangar then. How did you find Correct. that? Correct. Incredibly easy. Okay, how did you do it? There's uh, various different routes you can take. There are. And so the one I went for is you have the option of going to the left-hand side past the helicopter pad and going up some stairs or just going in the bottom vent. Yep, that's correct. You yep. can cut straight across the helipad, which is probably the most loud way you can go because there's search lights and there's two or three guards and stuff like that. Possible to avoid, though. Timing is extremely crucial. Exactly. Uh, and you can go to the right, which is a similar sort of thing to the left, but I think there's a couple more bits of cover, maybe a slightly different guard patrol route. So what I ended up doing is I just ran to the right straight away, nearly ran straight into a guard who was patrolling, but luckily <laughs> the radar is incredibly useful with the cones of vision, so I was able to back away to lead turns, ran up the stairs, hid behind a wall, waited for me to come past, turn around, walk back, and followed him. Right. And just crawled through the vent. So job done, nice and easy, didn't get seen. Did you times. manage to arm your yourself at that point no i did not okay the first handgun of the game is available inside the truck just past the helipads you can hop in the truck in the back grab the socom yeah so i didn't get it there no i did get a socom but not there 
Yeah, if you don't get it then, you can kind of get it later. Yeah, exactly. So no, I didn't. I hadn't armed myself yet. But I got to this vent and was sneaking inside the tank hangar, I think it is. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And this is where probably my biggest issue with the game started. I was then crawling through a vent doing absolutely nothing for what seemed like five or ten minutes. Right. It wasn't. I hasten to add, it really wasn't. yeah. It's more like a minute. Like, yeah. But with nothing going on, that's a long old time. Long old time. And that's actually kind of one of the first puzzles in the game. Did you see the mice by any chance? I didn't see any mice, no. Okay. It sounds like you may have, like, missed them and then they ran past you. So if you follow the mice, uh, so what happens is, is if you call up your master... Master yeah. Miller, uh, you call him up. Proper uh, douchebag, that guy. <laughs> Proper douchebag, in like a good way, but my goodness. He will advise yeah, you man, that I came they're... to Alaska to retire, but uh, the colonel called me and was like, "I got one more job." It's like, <laughs> hell, mate. I mean, that's kind of Solid Snake's same story as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But he will explain to you that those are Alaskan field mice, and they will be looking to get inside of a building to keep warm. So you need to follow them, and they will take you to the uh, the place you need to go. So I was in there for quite a long time, and as I mentioned, sort of my biggest criticism of this game is you don't really do anything quite a lot of the time, and and that was sort of the start of it. But I then I think I then got a little cutscene or a little bit of text where it was overhearing some guys talking. Yeah. That's that's right, yeah. And then you, anyway, and then I dropped out and I was then on a sort of upper walkway in the main hangar. I picked up some lovely chaff grenades, yep. which uh, I found out cause electrical shocks, including your own. It, it jams all the cameras that can see you in the game, but also completely destroys your radar temporarily. So you can't see where enemies are. And their cones of vision, which is obviously exactly. the main part. Which is the, yeah. the key way. Avoiding the cone of vision. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily make real life sense in the fact that you can no. sort of be standing maybe about 10 meters away from someone and that you're technically just on the brink of their cone of vision so they can't see you. Yeah. But to my knowledge, that was the first 3D implementation of a stealth mechanic like that. So, and it works weirdly well. <laughs> well, no, it works very well. And I have to look at it from the context of the time this game was released. It would be very easy for me to come in and slag this game off because, oh, it doesn't have this quality of life feature from 2022. I'm gonna, I'm trying my best not to do that. That's the thing. A lot of these mechanics are actually still very present in modern day games. They're just much more developed. Enemies have much longer exactly. cones of vision. So naturally, I did my, uh, you know, having picked up these chaff grenades, I thought to myself, well, I don't want to f***ing use these. I might need them later. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Okay, so, stockpiling already. So I snuck, I snuck past the first camera with ease no problem there uh got past the guard that was on the upper walkway the second camera though i, I did have to use a chaff grenade for initially i eventually learned how to do it but yeah. it was a bit of a t- more of a tighter angle yeah bit of a tighter yeah. timing um so yeah got downstairs fairly easily and then this is again where i come back to this game was kind of boring i guess it, you you walking around looking for stuff you find your stuff you then don't know if you've done the right thing because nothing happens. So you go back looking for more stuff. I found another vent where I got treated to another cutscene which said like, oh yeah, there's a door that's broken upstairs and you can get a pistol in there. Good yeah, times. Yeah. So that's how I got my first pistol. But I really didn't know what I was doing. And then it turns out what I needed to do was go up to the elevator, which I'd already gone up to, but I didn't know that you had to press a button uh, to yeah, yeah. open the elevator. Seems silly, I know, right? But doors had been opening automatically for me at this point. <laughs> yes yeah yeah so i did that and i was given the choice of basement floor one or basement floor two so i naturally went and checked out both of them just to see what was going on got to basement floor one climbed up a ladder and this is where i was probably treated to the first major cutscene of the game i guess in I terms of the so. story beat because yep. you you drop down out of your ventilation duct yeah into a prisoner's room and i should probably say at this point the basic premise of the game is that you're an anti-terrorist operation who's been called into this facility to stop a terrorist attack because they've been threatening the president that they're gonna set off a nuke and blow up the white house or the pentagon that's right i can't remember which the pentagon i believe yeah so your first objective is to look for a chap called the darpa chief to try and get some information about the nuclear threat whether they're serious or not and how to potentially shut it down so you drop down and there's this really quite cool cutscene that sets the scene you get told about this uh, abandoned military product called metal gear which is essentially a mobile nuclear warhead yeah 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 in, in his most basic form and he sort of goes into some detail about the ways you can shut it down and, and various things like that and then has a mysterious heart attack at the end i don't know this but i'm assuming it's something to do with psychomantis who's a, a character that is on the terrorist team yeah because this guy has said that he'd been mentally manipulated something went on there and uh 
he calls himself Zadai. Now, throughout the whole time you're having this conversation, there is a woman in the cell next to you who's overhearing everything, who turns out to be a very important character in this game. And and that cutscene was really nice because it did set the scene. I sort of knew a bit more about what was going on and it actually tells you what your next objective is straight up. I didn't, I didn't need to guess, which was quite a nice surprise. So what happens then is the lady in the cell next to you escapes from her cell, takes a guard uniform. I don't really know how she escaped. She like kind of lures him in sort of thing. He he comes over there and she, she lures him into the cell to make him walk in. She beats him yeah, up. Fair. <laughs> standard stuff leaves him naked and hunched over outside the cell but she then lets you out of your cell and then you have generously the first boss fight <laughs> like very yeah, generously. there's no health bar but yeah. it's yeah it's it's basically it's a set piece it's basically waves of. of three enemies come at you and shoot the hell out of you and this is where problem number two came in for me which is the aiming in this game is practically non-existent now <laughs> i'm going to caveat that it's by i'm going to caveat that by saying something that you've mentioned in the intro to this bit i have no familiarity with these games i didn't own a playstation one growing up so tank controls which is i believe what they are near enough uh, in terms of how you aim you're you're sort of static you aim from side to side and then you it kind of turns into tank controls when you pull out your gun yeah. yes because unless you press a very specific combination of buttons you are unable to aim your gun and run at the same yeah, time exactly so I struggled no end with this. I died 15, 20 times to this. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow, like yeah. I really was because I, I was hitting one guy and then what I'd have to do is move so I was straight in front of the other guy, take that guy because in the also I should hasten to add Meryl, who is the lady, doesn't help you in wave one, right? She's got a big yeah, f- machine really. gun in her hands but she will not shoot anyone in wave <laughs> one because she's... She's a rookie. She's a rookie. She's scared of... She's a noob. What are you waiting for? Shoot! Don't talk to me like a rookie! So that's where I died. Once I got past that bit, I was actually okay because Meryl starts helping out. I was getting a bit more used to the controls. <laughs> she just has this like psycho break at yeah, one point. It just f***ing unloads a whole cliff into the exactly. room. It's pretty, pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I think you do three waves and then some grenades get chucked in just before the final wave. That's right. So you need to run to the door to yeah, avoid exactly. them. <laughs> and it was at this point I worked out that I could have just been meleeing these f- the whole time because your your punch yeah, punch you, kick can hit all three of them in one at the same time yes as you kick guards and send them flying they will hit yeah. into others and also fly so or you could have just been like letting them come into the room and just choke them out and break their necks yeah. <laughs> one by one yeah no so this is all stuff i could have done but uh yeah it really t- took me a while to get to grips with the aiming mechanic and, and i i still didn't as we'll come on to a bit later it was uh it was very slow and it, hilarious to me that i took more times doing that than I did some of the Sekiro bosses that I was doing. <laughs> yeah, god damn. I did Guardian Ape quicker than I did Waves of Enemies in Metal <laughs> did, Solid. did the Waves of Enemies. Waves of, of standard exactly. enemies, god yeah, damn. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is what it is though right they they don't make games like that anymore after that you sort of do some a little bit more nonsense you, you find some c4 blow some holes in some walls um you get various key cards because you get one key card from matey darpa chief who dies which gives you access to level one doors so then you can metroid vein yourself back to the places you've been and open the level one doors that you haven't been through got some grenades got some c4 good times you then blow up some walls as i've said before and this is where first boss proper comes in revolver ocelot who i knew about from having watched my friend play this game in the past from conversations with yourself and from playing a smidgen of phantom pain but no so revolver ocelot was um as i say there's the first boss fight proper health bar and again a really cool cinematic cutscene. what darpa chief sends you to do is he sends you to go and find the president of an arms company that's right yeah kenneth baker he could potentially help you with another way to shut down metal gear rex which is the mobile nuclear weapon i'd spoken about earlier when you get into the room he's tied to a pillar in the center of the room with loads of c4 and trip wires around him that's correct yeah it's like in a spider web of trip yeah. wires <laughs> and and you get this really great monologue about how revolver ocelot's heard a lot about you uh how he is just a master of using an, a revolver there's like six bullets that's all you need. Kill a, get a lot of killing power, baby. Oh, uh, the boss monologues in Metal Gear are really something special. Yeah. And Ocelot gets a lovely hot opening, Ocelot, hot introduction. Ocelot's one's really good, i got to say. But then you have that boss fight. <laughs> <laughs> You haven't mastered the aiming by this point, so this is gonna be no, rough. No, so I did. I did. <laughs> James, is this where the run ended? No, so I did do this boss second time, 
right? Oh, okay. Well, that's very respectable. But it was... But it took me 50 minutes. No, but it was just... <laughs> it was running around in a circle waiting for him to stop, firing one shot, and then rinse, repeat. I don't want to say there's no skill to it, because that's not true. There, there is a lot of skill to it. A skill that I didn't have, and I had to use similar tactics to the last one, where I had to line him up, shoot him. And there was occasions where he'd shoot me from, like, point blank, which was weird, because his whole shtick is you get too close, he runs away. Yes, but occasionally yeah. he'll take that and, shot. Uh, yeah, and he always <laughs> missed. Every single time. So, oh, like every single okay. time. So I'd get a double shot off. Oh, fair so enough. So it was well, great, but <laughs> it was weird. Broken AI there, but Yes, maybe. So the second round, I did it pretty quickly and life was good. But I, you sort of joked there. It wasn't 50 minutes, but the first time, I spent a good 10 minutes running around after him aimlessly, not Just doing him, anything. Yeah. He couldn't hit me. Yeah. I couldn't hit him. It was a complete stalemate. So in the end, <laughs> I ran out of bullets. These are supposedly like snakes, like the best yeah. soldier ever. And also lots of badass with a rover and they're just chasing each other in circles exactly. around a guy that's just moaning. Exactly. And, and in the end, I ran out of bullets. So I just, ran, so I just ran into the twit priors just to see what would happen. <laughs> and just f- and, and it's, it's hilarious it. what happens. You, you do just get a game over, but um, I think Ocelot goes, or, or the guy that's tied up goes... <laughs> As as opposed to the colonel going, snake, snake, snake. So yeah, I eventually did that fight pretty easily once I had the strat down. But that first run was just quite painful, if I'm honest. Uh, Mm, Because I just didn't know if I was doing it right. I didn't, you know, you just don't know. The game tells you nothing, which which I I don't (laughs) disrespect too much. But at least tell me the controls game come on what i will say is so just a very couple of things like i think that the boss fight was probably at that point hampered by the fact that you hadn't quite got the lock-on system yet. 100%. and once you have figured out that lock-on system it's very easy to judge when you're locked onto him because although you can't see ocelot you can still shoot him in between the pillars because the moment you see snake's laser beam move you know you're locked on off camera yeah. so you can offload a few rounds then so that obviously makes it easier it sounds like you did the sort of the main mechanic of the boss fight which is waiting for him to need to reload because he yeah. does pause when he does that and that's when you sort of mainly shoot yeah. and also and perhaps I sort of hadn't made this clear enough to you when you started you need to rely heavily on your team if you ever don't know what to do your first point of call should be to call Colonel Campbell yeah. because he will then advise you on what your next objective is and sometimes you'll call him once and he'll give you something stupid call him again and he'll give you more advice call him well, again and he'll give you more advice so it really does it's funny you say that stack. because I'm literally about to talk about how I discovered that ah, so very okay. very good timing to bring oh that wow point up. because because actually, after that boss fight, I, I have a funny feeling you, you're gonna what probably you know. might be. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you talk to um, Kenneth, I think you said his name was. Yeah. You get a very similar sort of story. You get a bit more a bit more background into what's going on. He's a bit of a prick, if I'm honest. Like he's just arms dealer and he cares about money. He's, like DARPA chief seemed like an okay guy. This guy seemed like an. Yeah, it's just an acceptor of bribes. And also, unfortunately, as you're about to describe, very forgetful. Very forgetful. Because he indeed. doesn't remember the goddamn code oh, that you man. need. <laughs> yeah, so, and he, he talks about how the lady, Meryl, that you helped escape earlier, right, could could possibly help you. She Basically, it turns out she's got three key cards from him that can just instantly shut down Metal Gear Rex. Mm, that's but, correct, yeah. But can he remember her f- codec frequency no of course he can't and what the game wants you to do at this point is look on the back of the cd case and sure enough it's written there except i didn't have the cd case it also doesn't help that kenneth has just given you something called an mo disc and at that point it looks like a cd case and when i tell you the amount of time that i spent just staring at the item like where is this codec i couldn't even find the item i had a look couldn't even find it it's in your it's in your item inventory yeah. somewhere i think i was just i think i was just away. being an idiot but but yeah so what i ended up doing was i was just spam calling the colonel to see if his response would change at any point and it didn't but on one of the times i then went to call him i saw a fourth little name on my, <laughs> on my list of saved codes and it turns out that if he just gives you meryl's code <laughs> yeah the game literally like it's unlike today's games where you hang around a puzzle for five seconds and like maybe you should press that switch yeah. over there colonel literally just oh for Sake snake, stop yeah. calling but me. But he doesn't say Meryl's that. Codex this. He doesn't say that. No, he doesn't. So no, you, it's only no. by pure chance I then looked. I think it was six or seven times. So I was just like, he come does, on, it's got to happen. Yeah. And you can just press X and just keep going, right? <laughs> and then eventually I saw it and I was like, awesome. I win the game. Turns out Meryl's Colonel's daughter as well, which I thought was that was quite a nice touch, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. That plays into more of the future storyline as well. Excellent. So once you've done that, she opens up a hangar for you in the very first level that you enter the hangar in. You're meant to then leave, get through some red uh, laser beams that if you go through them, the airlock will close and the room will be filled with poison gas and you die. They are invisible to begin with, aren't they? They are invisible to begin with. And I believe there are two ways in which you can get past them. One of which I couldn't do because I didn't have the item. <laughs> yeah, that'll And happen. this is something that, and again, this was something that I remembered from when I was watching my mate play it back in the day i remember he had thermo goggles and yeah, you could put them right, on yeah. and then you can see them all and jobs are good yeah <laughs> i didn't have the thermal goggles i i should say but at this point i had found a famas rifle very good yep to... that's a level two unlock yeah. from one of the storage rooms around the c4 because yeah. kenneth area. gives you a, a level two car key when you save him yeah it typically follows that you defeat a boss and get yeah. a card and i should also say he also dies of a strange heart attack Suspicious. Very suspicious. Mm. I'm sure they're not related. No, not at all. There's no way that. No, no, no way. Those no are isolated. Way. Just two separate isolated incidents exactly. within 10 minutes of each other. Exactly. Craziness. It's it, on, only in Alaska, right? So I found the famous rifle and, and I. I found a silencer for my pistol, my Sokum, but I never found the thermogoggles. God knows where they were. But so anyway, I so the other way you can see the beams is uh, with your infinite pack of cigarettes. Trusty smokes. You put a brins in your mouth, you start puffing away, and the smoke that is formed uh, shows you where the, the laser thing is, and it's lowering and rising. Three of them walk across the room. Open the door with your car key. But then you leave the hangar, and I assume that's kind of, sort of, if you like, act one. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're then outside, you're going to enter a new building, you're looking for a scientist matey who can possibly help you with Metal Gear Rex, and you're in sort of a a big open snowy bit, walking towards the new building you're going to go into. You get a random codec call, which for some reason I picked it up, and it's a blurred out guy, and he says, watch out, there's f***ing mines everywhere. Um, So I just walked to the right-hand side, walked straight up, didn't hit a single mine... Life was good. And this is where boss fight number two comes in, which is um, a chap called Vulcan Raven. Yeah, that's correct. Um, And this motherfucker is in a tank, like a a big old f***ing tank. Oh, yeah. this, This was a complicated one. So this guy's monologue wasn't as good gotta say this guy's monologue was a little bit meh I-, I would have liked to have seen a bit more from vulcan raven especially after ocelot having this excellent monologue he looks cool though he's jacked got tattoos tatted yeah, up. I'm, I'm here for it yeah bald head yeah face yeah, tats love that shit. no matter where you lead up to this fight you're then teleported to the same spot for the fight to start and if you don't run Correct, backwards yeah. and back round straight away the tank just shoots you and <laughs> and you yeah. get two shotted if you're at full health one shotted if you're at the health that i was at when i initially started and i think what the game wants you to do is get close enough to the tank so it can't use its big tank cannon yeah and then avoid the gun like a machine gun it's got a machine gun on it as well and you avoid that yeah that's right yeah whilst th- once you get into close range a dude comes out and yeah. sits on a on a 50 cal tower yeah. and you want to avoid that whilst chucking grenades at the tank to take the health off the gun turret and things like that um with the purpose of then once you've defeated both the gunmen because i think there's two in there the bat the boss battle then ends and you're free to crack on to the next section right yeah rather embarrassingly this is where my run ended because i could Oof. not beat this tank i couldn't do it it was just i could not do it i i would get around the back of it so it couldn't shoot me i would throw my grenade to where i thought was the right place to throw my grenade the grenade would go a very short distance in front of me if i'm being honest i was expecting it to go further when you're sort of moving towards the tank it moves like a tank you expect it to move when you get close to it though it seemed to spin <laughs> like not quite this quick as i'm doing with my hands here that no one can see so great f-ing podcasting there james it would seem to spin a lot quicker than you'd expect it to and if the slightest corner of it hits you you fall over mm. so man i died a lot to this i died so many times trying to attempting to do this and again embarrassingly i think i hit it once in the entire load of attempts that i did and that's as far as i got man that that is where the run ended damn man uh again part of this was to do with the fact that i didn't get as much gaming in this week as i'd have liked part of it is probably because i suck but (laughs) i kind of i i 
let this slip to you earlier this week was that there is a lot of very finicky, tricky bits to this game. And that would have been one of those ones where, um, you know, I'm sure back in the day I got stuck on that for a long, long time as well. It sounds like you definitely were doing the right things in terms of you figured out how to actually do it. And uh, just to really rub some salt in that wound, it is actually possible to perfectly land a grenade inside the hole that the dude is sticking out of the turret. And if you do that, you can kill the tank in like two that or three hits. That was kind of what I was trying to do because I figured that was the most efficient way. And the only reason I knew that it was working is, as I say, I got my one hit. And it took off, I yeah. mean, it probably took off a quarter of his health. Oh. I think that you can probably do it in about five or six hits if yeah. you get the grenade near the guy, but two or three if you get yeah. it in the hole. And I think there was probably a way I could have used the mine detector to pick up the mines that were scattered about and maybe use them to my advantage. I think use the chaff grenades yeah. to disrupt it for a bit. And then the other thing was I was thinking I, I only had one C4 left, but I was thinking if I'd had more C4, that could have been quite handy because I could have planted it, bought the tank over to it, and then and detonated it and that, i think that probably would have worked but yeah so that's where i got to it's a poor effort i know you kind of got screwed over there by that uh that boss fight i'm sorry to hear that you did get stuck on that although i've got to say i'm not hugely surprised either that makes me feel a little bit better i, I but... think i did tell you straight away didn't i i told you you will play through this game and have a pretty decent time until you get to the bosses and then those are your bits that you'll get hung up on yeah sort of thing and it does sound that like that sort of held true limited as your experience was. I was going to say, and, <laughs> and probably affected by all that, I would argue with the point, had a decent time until I got to the boss fights. Unfortunately, and this is why I'm not sure we're going to be friends after this, I, I found this game quite boring on the whole. I loved the story. We've spoken about the story at length before, and I honestly didn't think it would be able to live up to what we've spoken, because you're so passionate about it, you've told me what goes mm. on. It does, man. Like The cutscenes were great. Voice acting to go with them as yep. well is just so good for a PlayStation 1 title of that era. Ridiculous good. I can see why it's considered a game changer, a game breaker and stuff. Mm, mm. I just think without the nostalgia, without the familiarity as you mentioned earlier, I just I didn't vibe with it, Matt. I, I think that, um, you know, I'm able to take those criticisms and uh, I will, you know, I will say that you don't have to take a closer look at your next beverage that I serve <laughs> you. Um, you're safe for now. for now. It's unsurprising to me that the criticisms that you have are the same criticisms that a lot of people do have oh, really? uh, about that series as a whole i think that perhaps if we could have spent a bit more of a time i think i should have given you like a bit more of a lengthy briefing on what to do because it sounds like you made a lot of important discoveries but not too late in the game for them to prove useful at all but late enough in the game that it certainly hampered your progress sort of thing and i think that you would have perhaps found sections less boring if you had known what to do sort of thing it sounded like some of the going around in circles was not really knowing what to do and, a lot of it. and you know yeah. even just the simple fact of how oh, so you call up your colonel you call up your team and say what the hell do i do and and that's the that's the whole point of the codex yeah. sort of thing and just things like that like uh and it's it's a shame as well at the the junction that you came off on the game because following that tank battle it gets know, really man. really good it's some of the most memorable sort of stuff and that's the thing like because i watched my friend play it back in the day i knew that coming up was the fight with cyborg ninja in the Psycho like Sniper Wolf. Yeah, Sniper after Wolf. Well, like, I, you know, I knew all this was coming, and then obviously from reading afterwards, Vulcan Raven Round Two. I believe there's a Sniper Wolf Round Two. I, I never yep. met Liquid, yep. like, so there was so much I didn't do. I know this. It's a shame, man. But uh, I think that we need to revisit this one at some point. Certainly, I think that we're going to need to sit down together. We'll do a Tales from the Backlog at some point, and we'll uh, we'll go back and uh, and sort of revisit this. So give it the official verdict then even though it's quite clear i sadly did not complete this challenge i was unable to get the two-point lead which would have been a first for total pod mode and also would have put me in a very strong position given Brushes the number off. of weeks left <laughs> so at least i didn't lose ground i'm still one ahead as things stand but now for now but um <laughs> i'm sorry that i couldn't get further into it to discuss more because i know the cool stuff was coming and that might have then made it a little bit more of a sort of yeah okay it was a slow start but then this happened right you know? so yeah. it, it's yeah. a tough one so my ultimate feeling of the game is that i didn't really like it i thought it was kind of boring in places but i could see why mm. that it's as great as it is but mm. i do feel like a lot of that was situational as well as just being shit. 
So yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you still like me though. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. You are forgiven for having a, a less than optimal time during your Metal Gear Solid One playthrough. I think that it's very much the type of game where, and and this would have been certainly my case when I played it. It was a little bit mean of me to say to you that you couldn't use the internet, but my main intention there was that that would then sort of encourage you more to perhaps rely on your codec for some tips yeah. and tricks and things like that. Because this was the type of game where you know to skip forwards to a bit in the game that you haven't played. One of the boss fights unless you are some sort of gaming god and certainly most people wouldn't be able to achieve this i think you'd need to practice for hours and hours if you were but the boss fight essentially if you don't do it through pure sheer skill at the game you need to take your controller out of the port one on the console back when consoles had ports yeah. for your controllers uh, you had to take it out of the player one port and pop it into the player two port and then that essentially stopped the boss from being able to read your yeah. mind because he was confused and you see that one i knew about so that one i actually actually wouldn't have needed help at all because <laughs> I remember that but yeah so it is the type of game where you would have been absolutely reliant on your friends also having the game as a kid I think that was a big part of the reason why I liked this game so much was I did have people that played it and liked it I was able to trade those little tips little extra ways to find small easter eggs and there is just an absolute ton of small easter eggs and it. features in yeah. the game um, you know all of them very sort of silly and sort of funny but yeah there's just so much of that going on in the game and uh a lot of that was almost you know back before you could just go on youtube god i sound like such an old man now <laughs> but before you could go on youtube and just search up a long play you had to re <laughs> well yeah probably actually you had to replay that goddamn game to see those extra bonus cutscenes yeah. and things like that and then to top it all off there was even a, a secret camera that you could find after completing the game and you could go through the game again and take photos there were like hidden pictures of the developers of the game hidden around the, the game and if you took a photo in that yeah. spot they would appear yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Cool, so yeah. so much packed into it I respect your opinion uh, I think you were held back by uh, an unfamiliarity with the game 100%. which is absolutely understandable it's an odd one right because I've been relatively negative about the game and I, I stand by that. What did you say? But it's one of those ones I would kind of like to see how it plays out because the story was excellent. Yeah. really was. Yeah. And as I say, knowing the few bits that I do know that were coming up, there's some fights I wanted to do. I wanted to do the Psycho Mantis fight. I wanted to see what would happen with Liquid Snake and how that story, because I know he's the final boss, right? But it's just, I want to know why he's a clone and what that is all about. I mean, I'm sure you've told me, but I, I was into that, but yes, it was just, and, yeah. Hey, you won't even get all of those answers from this game. No, exactly. In fact, you'll get more questions from this game in many of those scenarios yeah. but then you know they'll come round to answering them you just got to play like four more games but that's that's the stuff that i was looking forward to the most and i didn't get to so yeah whilst whilst yeah. this is tinged negatively for me and if someone were to ask me what do i think of metal gear solid well i have to say it was very disappointing but i do hold my hands up and say it's because i didn't get far enough into it mm. and mm. as you say if i'd owned a ps1 back in the day was used to those control schemes and forced yourself to assimilate that control scheme you mean <laughs> no no but if i was used to it all yeah, it's, yeah i, I think yeah. i have a much better time so yeah fair man i just like you a little bit less but not that much less it's all good. that i can live with because i was genuinely like the podcast is safe. i was worried yesterday <laughs> that i was going to say this and you were just be like right and so we've got to end the podcast early now. I don't care what my f***ing <laughs> challenge is. Um, we won't be back next week. Um, and then you just drop your mic and yeah. But no, so moving on from my abject failure once more. Will, would you like to know what your challenge is for this week? Yes, please, sir. I need a chance at redemption. I see no option but to take the victory back into my hands and score the required two more points. Well, it's on, I'm baby. hopeful that you'll be able to do I'm it. I'm coming for you. Because if you don't achieve this one, then there is an additional forfeit as well as just the shame. Oh, jeez. Listeners that have been with us from day one, we appreciate you. They all may already know what this could be. If you remember previous episodes Ooh. gone, it is a challenge I've unofficially set you before. But uh, I don't remember anything that happened yesterday, man. Yeah. There's no way I'm... <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I think it was like episode four or something. So, all right. so Ugh, dude, that was like months now. ago. A while ago now. <laughs> But Will, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Your challenge for this week is... Finish off your Elden Ring run. <laughs> what? <laughs> beating all of the achievement bosses, oh, with the exception okay. of two oh that are locked behind NPC quests, because I don't know whether you've already missed the prerequisite. Everyone that I can kill, I need to kill, basically. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but because I know... 
but because I know where you are in the game, I know that this isn't a ridiculous challenge, right? Okay. So you've got, <laughs> you literally have three areas of the game left, one of which you've already done most of because you've already done some of Faramazula. And I dipped my toes into the Halig tree as well before actually going to Faramazula, before I realized I was about to complete the game. Right. So I went back. So, yeah. okay, so that's two of the areas. The final area is unmissable after you've done Faramazula, right? Okay, okay. You will then obviously have the achievement for popping the final boss, so that's five bosses, and there is one or two sub-bosses in between that. So you haven't got right. too much to do. Very much achievable. And it means you can finally say you've completed f***ing Elden Ring. <laughs> so... No, I think uh, I think that you're you're probably quite up for this. I think you just needed that little push. 100%. You just needed that little push. Want you to get it done. If this doesn't doubly motivate you for the fact that I messed up and have given you a way back in, yeah, you yeah, can draw yeah, level yeah. again. You can complete Elden Ring, so you're no longer the only one in the f***ing world that hasn't finished it. I'm an embarrassment to my friend group. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah man I, I you know i don't we don't need to talk about the game too much we already know all about it we've spoken about it before i want you to go and have fun with it i want you to kick some ass and i look forward to hearing about how you get on lovely yeah thanks very much for this challenge man this is one that i'm you know it's it's instantaneously reinvigorated my kind of my uh willingness to jump on this game i i can foresee that i'm going to actually jump on this tonight before i end up uh signing off and going to bed yeah. so yeah i know i'm super motivated for this one man thank you for the challenge I probably needed it. We're running out of weeks in the year, man. So <laughs> thought it best to give you a little push. Got to be done. And I really don't want to find out what this additional forfeit is. So, <laughs> so fingers crossed I don't need to find out what right. it is. <laughs> But no, man, so with that, that brings us to the end of episode 16 of Total Pod Mode. We thank you very much for listening. And if you enjoyed what you've been listening to, then you can, as always, find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts from. Just search for Total Pod Mode and you're sure to find us. We also post regular video content of all our playthroughs, stream highlights, as well as the podcast on our YouTube channel, Total Pod Mode. You can also find us on Twitter by searching for at Total Pod Mode, or one word. And whilst you're there, you can find me at Mr. Bames, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv for slash Mr. Bames underscore TPM. And you can find me at Hoodafunk on Twitter, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Hoodafunk. And with that, it's time for goodbyes. Thank you to our listeners. As always, you are what keeps us going. You are the best. We love you dearly. We love you so much. Thank you so much. Continue. Continue with your support of us. I demand it. Hey, he's spoken. Wondrous Will has spoken. We will see you again next week, unless Will was just being diplomatic on this podcast and he does now, in fact, hate me. <laughs> um, let's assume that he does still like me next week and we'll say, until then. <laughs>